0: If you would take your Bibles today and turn to Psalms 103, Psalms 103. You know, uh, the, the day of Thanksgiving, other than being my birthday this year, and, and uh, actually it's Ricky's birthday too, I forgot about that, yeah, it's Ricky's and Miss Margie's son, we, we all have birthdays on the same day. And we're all celebrating at this Thanksgiving, but just because there's three really great guys having birthdays on Thanksgiving, that's not the true meaning, is it? That's not the true meaning. So we as a nation have celebrated Thanksgiving for many, many, many years, but the psalmist will tell us in Psalm 103 that a child of God are to give thanks every day, every day. No matter what. So if you would, again, turn to Psalm 103. And we want to explore several of those reasons for praising God. You know, if your Bible tells you above, it says, mine says, a Psalm of David. So we know the author of it. God divinely inspired David to write it. David authored it. And, it, and, and, the, and, and if you read it, it sort of seems like David's a little bit older now. Seems like it. It contains the language of a man more than the boy, David. So, so he's seasoned. He's been around. He's done some things probably by now. But he sees the awesome forgiveness. And I want us to read that. You know, Spurgeon said one time, You know, I love to quote dead people. They don't change their mind or their stance. Well, I love to quote dead people. So Spurgeon said this about the Psalms. He says this, he says, It is the lofty Alps of some peaks that rise above all others. So even among the inspired Psalms, there are heights of sun which overlap, S-O-N, sun, which overlap the rest this 103rd psalm as ever has ever seemed to me to be the Monte Rosa of the divine chain of mountaintops of praise. Spurgeon said that a long time ago. And if you know anything about Monte Rosa, it's a real popular mountain for mountaineering, hiking, skiing, snowboarding and all that stuff. But it's a high one. It's a high one. So let's spend a little bit of time this morning, on the mountaintop of praise, as we look at this praise song in Psalms. Verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Does it sound a little familiar? We just sung those verses. 10,000 Reasons is actually based on this song. So it was purposeful we sang that one this morning. We've been singing it for a couple of Sundays. So David seeks right here to stir up the inner man to praise the Lord. You know, sometimes it's hard to do, to stir up praise. Let's just be honest. We live in America, right? Things are tough. Things are tough. Things do not go our way often, actually, as Christians. But just as David, he's... He's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. He's stirring up that that song within him to praise God. And y'all, it's important. Some people believe that Christianity is based on feelings. In other words, if I feel good today, everything's working, don't have any aches and pain, I'm going to praise God. That's not what the Bible says. You should thank Him for that, but you praise Him in the storm and you praise Him on the mountaintop. How do you get from the storm to the mountaintop? You praise God and be lifted. And that's what David's getting. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name. I just wish we could literally get up every morning and that would be the first thing out of our mouth to God or just our first thought to God. Lord, bless my soul. Oh, my soul. All that is within me. Bless your holy name. What a verse. What a verse just to start with. Maybe David was in a spiritual slump. Maybe not. Don't really know. But soul. What is a soul? You know, we've said this a lot of times through this pulpit. And a lot of the world does not understand this. But when you were born... By God's divine appointment you were born in this point in time for this day and that day you were born there was a soul that entered you. That's what really separates us from dogs and monkeys and stuff like that is the soul. What does that soul do? Well, if you read Romans 1, it has a longing and an innate knowledge of God just by the way things are. So we don't have to be necessarily told to know there's something in control. Anybody that denies that just doesn't look around. What's been happening this week? We've had, well, if you start back last week, we've had 70-degree weather. We've had 40-degree weather. I even saw a couple of drops of rain one day, won't much, and we've not had rain. So we've had about everything but snow this week, this past week. And you would think, well, who on earth is in control? It seems like nobody is. But we know by just looking around day after day after day that there is a greater hand overarching our very walks of life. And David is admonishing this before God. He's just, bless the Lord. And I hope our... is the same today. Because one thing about the soul... Whether you believe in heaven or hell or not, the truth of the matter is the Bible is full of it. The soul never dies. Because some people try to sell religion as you want to live forever. Follow Jesus. Well, that's not entirely true. You're going to live forever somewhere. You want to go to heaven and meet Jesus. Is Jesus your friend? Is he your savior? That's the reason to come religion. To come to salvation is because of the overarching control He has of our lives. You know, the Bible tells us that God can just move the hearts of kings like He does rivers. And you know, we're wondering about who we're going to vote in for the next election. It doesn't matter. If God's not with it, it's not going to happen. I don't care who's on the ballot. God's man's got to be there. (laughs) this is totally off subject but I told a guy at work the other day I don't believe you can be religious and and be in politics at the same time I don't think it actually works out anymore the way they I mean just to get to where they're at but anyway off the mark so David is praising the Lord he starts off with bless the Lord O my soul all that is within me bless his holy name and we see this beautiful declaration. You know, most of us in America years ago did a lot more praising God than we do now. It was more publicized on TV. It was more accepted in schools than it is now. So there's a lot of things that we as a nation have drawn back on So we're almost in a drought. We have forgotten in America how to truly adore and praise God. We tend to have God as this little box that we pull out, kind of like a genie, you rub him and make him do things for you and then put him back up. That's not God, by the way. But a lot of people have that view of of Christianity in general. They say Christianity will help you. They say Christianity will uh, prosper you. If you look in certain parts of the Bible, that's very much true. But if you look at other parts, that's not so true. So watch the truth. God will give you everything you ever needed. Not necessarily everything you ever wanted, but everything you ever needed. And we need to make sure we're giving him his praise so what is it we have a requirement of thanksgiving verse 2 bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all his blessings has the Lord blessed anybody today Just, just as a general hand raise have you been blessed somehow or another everybody's hand goes up you're setting up you're blinking and you're talking right you've been blessed Amen, you've been blessed. There's some people that can't do that, right? So what does it mean? So David warns his soul. He warms it up a little bit with verse one. Verse two, he comes to it and he talks about the benefits of life as a Christian. You know, trying to convince young folks that the Christian way is the right way is almost like walking uphill with a mudslide going on. It's, It's a fight the whole way. And why is that? Well, the world is selling them a bit of goods that says you don't have anything to be thankful for, you're owed everything because of whatever, whatever the reason is, they're going to bounce that off of. So they forget and they never learn until they get older, the very breath I breathe, my very heartbeat is a blessing from God. So the word benefits, it's ideal of our dealings. We should, you know, the word forget, you think about forget, forget with God's not not an option. He doesn't forget. Even though you're forgiven, there's a, as far as the east is from the west, as far as he's concerned, it's gone. But what happens with brother or sister or mama or father or sister or brother or aunt or uncle when something happens? We tend to, hold stuff don't we and we tend to bring it up when it's convenient ladies y'all never do that do you you never bring it up when it's convenient you remember that time two weeks ago you didn't whatever god doesn't do that don't you glad that god does a great on the same scale we do amen i pray Mm. so we need to make sure we have jesus in our heart a blessing in our soul And we don't forget all the benefits that he's given us, verse 2. And you know, and if you notice that thankfulness in the Bible, y'all, it's literally not a suggestion. It is a command. We're to be thankful. That sounds kind of arrogant, doesn't it? But if you look behind me in Scripture, nowhere does it say, if you want to, if you feel like it, praise the Lord. It doesn't. It says, praise God. All my soul, praise Him, whatever it is. Praise Him. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, In everything give praise, for this is the will of Jesus Christ concerning you. Anything, give Him praise. Ephesians 5 says, Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, and God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question today has to be, are you keeping that commandment? Are you full of praise? Now you can go through praising with a a sour attitude, but you also have to go through praise with the right attitude or you're not going through it truly. So praise does have benefits. Let me read a little bit from Philippians. It's Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, and whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Read a little bit further down in Philippians 4, we see how this praise brings contentment, starting with verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly. This is still Philippians chapter 4 down to verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care for me has flourished again. As Paul's telling, Paul is telling the church at Philippi, he's saying that your care for me has flourished once again wherein you shall also be careful, but you lack opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, he says, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am wherewith to be content. Let me read that one again. Not that I I speak of respect of want, Paul says, for I have learned. How do you learn something? You go through it, don't you? God always teaches us through action and his word. For I have learned, Paul says, in whatsoever state I'm in. Good, not so good, terrible, right? Whatever state I'm in, to be content. To be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know both how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So do we have a song in our heart of praise today? Especially really if you think about it, this should set the tone for the rest of the year because of Christmas coming after we get past Thanksgiving. Can you remember a time how God has dealt with your souls, with your soul individually? So let's go back to Psalm 103, verse 3. I'm going to read a little while now, 3 through 22. Go ahead and finish her out. The reasons for thanksgiving, not just that he did in the first two, but this is why he did. Who forgiveth all my iniquities, who healeth all my diseases, who redeemeth my life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles the lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all those who are oppressed he made known his ways unto moses his acts unto the children of israel and the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous of mercy and mercy he would not always chide neither will he be his anger forever he hath not dealt with us after our sins, for reward us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. Fear him. As far as the east is from the west, as far as So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Are are we living in that reality today? As Brother Bizzle's song said, are we living in that reality that as far as the east is from the west, our sin, Bible calls it transgressions, our sin is cast from a believer. That's something to get happy about. I'm telling you, that's something to be happy about. Like his father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, in other words, he knows everything about us, our remembrance that we are dust. For as a man his days are as grass, as a flower in a field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know of it no more. That's the hard reality of death here on earth, isn't it? But not with God, y'all, just with with men, not with God. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him. And His righteousness unto unto children's children to such as keep His covenant and to those who remember His commands to do them the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. Hearken unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye, uh, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of this dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Hmm. Think about that. David, he really identifies about eight spiritual reasons. One of them is God's forgiveness. Can everybody say they're happy because they're forgiven? Is everybody here forgiven? Say amen. Boy, that sounded weak. Some of y'all might not be forgiven. Is everybody forgiven? Okay, maybe so. Anyway, if so, it's gone. If you're forgiven, it's gone completely as far as the east is from the west. John said this, John 1 verse 7 says, If we walk in the light, if we say we're a Christian, I'm walking in the light, as He is, as He is in the light, there's a cause and effect. We have fellowship one with another. That's the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all our sin. That's something to be happy about. That is something to truly be happy about. Colossians 2 says, And you, being dead in your sins and uncircumcised of your flesh, hath quickened together with him, having forgotten you all trespassed, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it all away, nailing it to the cross. Have we forgotten in America today what the cross actually represents? It's our sin, nailed to the cross. That's good news. That's something to get happy about. So Ephesians 1 tells us, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His grace. So number one, we are, if you're a child of God, you have God's forgiveness. You know, I've talked about over the last few Sundays, do you know God? Are you friends with God? Or are you forgiven by God? So God has healing. Second point, God has healing. He says, In him my soul is whole, has healing. Are you being healed from anything today? I'm not necessarily talking about physical things. I'm talking about from the ravishes of sin in your life. Are you being healed from that? All right, the third one is redemption. You know, redemption is sort of a biblical word. You don't talk about redemption a whole lot outside the Christian uh, runs and everything, but But redemption is what we want, is is our goal to be redeemed. So are we redeemed? Is our redemption good with Christ today? Because as the psalmist said, in him, in Jesus, we can stand redeemed. Do we walk like and talk like people that are redeemed to God? 1 Peter 1 says, verse 18 and 19, he says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from the vain conversation received by traditions of our fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ and as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's something to be thankful for. Number four, God's grace in verse four. God's grace. Have you you got grace of God? Have you got the grace of God in your life? Really verses eight through 18 reveal really the great truth about how David saw God's sovereignty in his life and the grace and salvation that he gave him. And I hope we did too when I read it and I hope you read it again when you get home. Verse 5 will be number 5. It's the peace of God. You know, you can have the peace of God or you can be at peace with God. That's not the same thing. Are you at peace with God today? Think about it. Are you at peace with God? Because if you're not at peace with God, you can't have the peace of God in your life. So in Him, in God alone, we can have spiritual satisfaction and the sufficient strength for our journey, whatever it is. When the going is tough, His grace abounds. And I hope it abounds with all those who need it. 2 Corinthians 12 says, Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, and I said unto me, and he said unto me, talking about God said, Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient. For thee, for in my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therein will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now Paul, was he, he had took a couple of days off from ministry and telling the church at Corinth in his letter that he prayed earnestly for that thorn in his side. This is the rebuttal from God about his thorn. Has anybody here got a thorn in their side? Could be in their leg. It could be just anywhere, couldn't it? Could be the whole body mostly sometimes. But God said to Paul, and he speaks to us, he says, my grace, his grace, God's grace upon your life, God's grace upon your life is sufficient. You know, the prophet of Isaiah a long time ago in Isaiah 41 verse 10 said this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Are you being upheld today? And then again, one of the most quoted verses, Philippians 4, I can do all things Christ through strengthens me. So number six, it's in verse six. God's intercession. Has God interceded in your life any lately? How about this week? Any at all? I say that he has. In him we have the one who pleads our case. We see that in verse 6. Paul said to the church at Rome, in Rome chapter 8, he says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that has risen again, who is even at the right hand of the God, Father, or right hand of God, who's make intercession for us. You know, just to think about that one verse should make everyone happy. The writer of Hebrew tells us in Hebrews chapter 7, he says, Wherefore he is able, talking about God, has saved them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You know, one of the greatest realizations that can come to a believer is that you actually realize that Jesus because of his shedded blood on the cross is interceding with you for the father to god on your behalf on all your little mess ups and your big ones too that's pretty good news nobody arbitrates better than jesus blood covers it case closed that's good news y'all i'm telling you that's good news (laughs) that's good news so anyway, verse number 7, it's the, it's the seventh one, God's revelation. You know, the psalmist tells us even in, in, in the number 7 one about the revelation of God. You know, Romans 1 tells us that, that we know that there's something above us just by the seasons and by the goings and the coming of the trees and the leaves and the weather and the temperature. We know that someone has got to be in control and set all this in motion. So we are without excuse, as the writer says in in Revelation, but the revelation of God is not hidden. You know, it's not something that people outside of Christ don't know innately. That's what makes you human. That's what makes you human. So God's revelation, what is it? John chapter 1 is as good as it gets to me. John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jump down to verse 14, and the, was ma- and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John tells us we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18 says, Not, No man has seen God at any time the only begotten Son, though, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him to us today. That's as succinctly as it gets. Verses, uh, in John 14, verses 6 and 7 says is Jesus said to them, He said, very exclusive, He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. No one comes to the Father but by me. That blows everybody away. I've told you a hundred times, if somebody tells you I believe in God and you leave them alone, you've done them a disservice. you got to do something with Jesus. you got to do something with Jesus. What well, do you do with Jesus? If He's not, if he's not King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then you got the wrong God. He's a little G God, not a big G God. It's exclusive. Jesus said... Jesus stepped out on the stage of human history, stepped out in front of thousands of people in front of him and said, I am the way. Not a way, but the way. Not one of many ways, but the only way. So the rev- revelation is fulfilled. It has been out. We are as Roman tells us without excuse. So the last one, God's sovereignty. Y'all, I don't know about you, but Spurgeon said this, and Spurgeon said this a long time. He said, the providence of God is like a soft pillow. Preacher, what in the world do you mean by that? Y'all, it doesn't matter what's happening. What has got you all tied up in knots? It doesn't matter. God is in control still today. I know looking around, it doesn't look like much. But come the first year, we're going we're to look into that a little bit. But just hold tight, January's coming. But I, I'll get to explaining that then. But for now, just take it like this. We're seeing America's just reward unfolding before us. So rest at peace at night. God's in control. That's the sovereignty of God. Because y'all, if God's not sovereign, we might as well get out of here. Go do something else, right? Most people's God, when I talk to them, their God's not sovereign. He's just sort of a Mickey Mouse. He's he's got suggestion. God doesn't do suggestions. God's absolute. He's pure. His trust. We need to trust Him. Romans 8 says something about God's sovereignty. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord. That is a hard verse to swallow sometimes. Doesn't make it not true. We know. How do we know, preacher? Because of other things that's been the thing about being older, that's how you get to be a, a more of a seasoned Christian, how you get to be sanctified in a life is, is living that Christian life for a while. You got this history of God's sovereignty in your life. And how you've had these ebbs and these flows and these ups and these downs and these mountains and these valleys and all these things through your life. And if you hadn't had it yet. Young ones, it's coming. Just hold tight. It will come. You'll know eventually that God's in, tr- in, in complete control. So we know that all things work together for good for God, that for, to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Mm. So David closes his psalm here at the end by calling on all the creation to praise God. We see that in 22. Bless the Lord, all his works, all places, and all dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Verse 22 of Psalms. We see that he closes it with like a grand entry, a grand exit of the song, the psalmist. And I want us to do something a little extra. If you're able to stand, if you would please make a circle around the outside. I don't know if we got enough to do this or not. See if we can make a circle around the outside edge right here. If you would do that for me. So everybody's got up, okay. May have to come in a row. I don't know if y'all can do, stretch the whole place. It's the story of five kernels of corn. I had Mr. Buddy get me some, or Leanne did, some five kernels of corn. You know, the story tells us that during the first winter in America, the pilgrims were faced with a season of horrible famine. Food was so scarce that most days the pilgrim only had a daily ration of five corn. Five pieces of corn. Look at that. Five pieces of corn for a family. Five pieces of corn. Look at that. That's what they had to live off of for a day. Five pieces of corn. But you know, they never ceased praising God for the five pieces of corn. They never stopped. Oh, what a faith if we could just have that again today. To thank God for the little things, even the five kernels of corn that we have. So I wonder today, is there anybody that's got anything they want to say to God, or out here in public for a praise to God. Does anybody have anything? Well, I'll start it out. I want to praise God for His amazing grace. To save even a wretch like me, I want to praise Him for for planting me so many years ago here at Briar Branch Church. Does anybody else have a word of praise for God?